0: book of hebrews first and foremost as i as i alluded to earlier when my wife and i go at the end of one group we start praying about where the lord is going to bring us and we're always you know making sure by bouncing things off one another and when he said hebrews i was like lord are you sure because that's like a really kind of a tough book for a lot of people present company included and i've got kind of a funny story those of you that have been with us for a little while you know dave and Elise. you've heard the name dave and elise they're mentors and friends back in new york people that really helped us kind of come along a little bit Well, i talked to uh, dave a couple of weeks ago and i i shared with him wh- you know what we're going into and what we're going to be doing with with having just a 10 or 15 minute period of time where i'm going to kind of expound a little bit on what the lord is saying in in the the chapter and he goes, wow, that's fantastic. What book are you going to be going into? And I said, Hebrews. And he goes, ooh. <laughs> so so I'm not alone in my feeling that this can be a little bit of a challenge. But I want to let you know, it doesn't have to be. It's actually a wonderful, wonderful uh, a book for us to go in, regardless of where you are in the Lord. Whether you've been walking with him for 40 years or for four days. This is a great chapter to go into because it's full of doctrine. So I want to hit, I have notes over here, so don't hate me for being beautiful because I want to stay on track. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest, um, whenever I talk to people about Hebrews, one of the first things that comes up is, well, who really wrote it? And that's a big debate that people have because in Hebrews, unlike the rest of the New Testament scriptures, we don't have a uh, you know, this is written in my hand, Paul the Apostle, whatever. It's none of that. We don't know who wrote it. And so let's just settle this with this scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures out of Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Okay, now this is critically important. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, Correction for instruction in righteousness, that the men of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for all good works. So let's just settle the author of this particular book for the purposes of the next 13 weeks as being Jesus Christ. I think that it is safe to say that if he can part the Red Sea to allow the Israelites to come through, then he can protect his word and make sure only those things that are in it are those things that he wanted in it. And remember John chapter 1, where he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was Him. You see what I'm saying? This is Him. And so we're going to settle ourselves. We're not going to be concerned with who the author of Hebrews is. It's God Himself. And I think that as we get into it, and we start talking about the purpose of this chapter, it'll become clear Some of you know that one of my favorite verses is Deuteronomy 29.29. For the mysteries of God belong to him, but those things that he revealed to us belong to us and our families for all generations. There are some things that God just doesn't care that we know. His thoughts are higher, his ways are higher, and at the end of the day, this is in the Holy Scripture. Many of your Bibles on the front say, Holy Bible. So we're going to go with that. We're reading the Holy Bible and that this is God's pen to us. okay? And I like to think it's directly from him. The purpose of Hebrews, when it was written, and you can go into your, a lot of you have study Bibles that tell you all the the history and eschatology and everything else about the, the, the books in the beginning of the chapter. I'm just going to say this one was written roughly somewhere between 50 and 64 AD. But the purpose was, here's the thing. Hebrews was written, we're pretty sure, by a Jew because of the knowledge of the Old Testament, to Jews who had become Christians who decided to follow in the way. And as we move through the the uh, the, the book, we're going to see a lot of his instructions are to people who are down in outers, people who have had enough that they're throwing up their hands in the middle of persecution. They don't want to do it anymore. They're discouraged. They're distracted by everything else because they see all the rest of it they have maybe the uh, the Pharisees are getting down on them how could you follow this way and all the rest of it all all the kind of things that are beating them up in life these Hebrews the the first Christians went through that oh you're not circumcised you got to be circumcised you got to follow this law you got to follow that law and they have that dripping onto their rooftop all the time and they're just like you know what Is it worth it? I believe the Hebrews, the book of Hebrews was written originally to those first Jews that were starting to fall away. But it's written to us. Because is there anybody here that is down and out, that is discouraged, that has been through enough, that sometimes you just throw your hands up and say, I just can't do this anymore. Look at all these people over here that are going through an easy life. But I have to work a, a hard life? Merlene, in your workplace, you see all these heathens that are running around like crazy? Look, they're getting promoted. All these things are happening. I gotta, you know, I gotta walk the high road, I've gotta do the right things. Has anybody ever felt like that, or is it just me? No. Hebrews is written for you. Hebrews is written for you. So as we work through this book together, keep that in mind. you say, Well, I'm not Jewish. I'm not a Hebrew. I have a couple of scriptures that I wrote down just in case you want to write them down. Colossians 3.11 says, Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is in all. And all in all. And Romans 2.28 and 29 says, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. And Romans ten twelve says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon his name. Bottom line is just don't get hung up by the word Hebrews at the beginning of this book. You don't have to be Jewish birth for this to apply to your life. As a matter of fact, it's probably better for us that we aren't, because we don't have the the fullness of other people's, uh, you know, uh, the, the law being pounded into us. But we still get discouraged, and the remembrances that are in this are for us as well. And as Christians, as I said, we also get weary. This book is so important. If you're feeling down and out, is there anybody who may be going through that right now after the election, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, the direction of the world that that we see here in this country with buildings still being you know we thought that there would be an end to it you know we now have a president biden why are there still buildings that are going you know that are still aflamed why is there still the hatred and the putrid speakings on the on the news and everywhere we turn because that's the world that we live in and there's a way that we can escape that uh that feeling that we have of, of, of lament, of, of uh, desperation. And we can find that here in this book. Okay? I will make a note of this. Having an understanding of Old Testament Scripture does help because of, there's a lot of that here in the book of Hebrews. So if you are one, we had a, a small group once years and years ago. We were back in New York and a dear friend who had just come through the book of John with us, because we do that from time to time, um, we were going to go from John and we're going into Genesis. And one of the people that attended uh, John, when this person found out that we are going to Genesis, told me, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be attending that group. And I was like, why not? person said, well, that's Old Testament, and I- I'm so past that. If that is your belief, then I'm not going to judge you for that, because there's a lot of depth in the New Testament. But I, I would challenge you to remember that the New Testament wouldn't be possible without the Old Testament. And we're going to see a lot of Old Testament here in the book of Hebrews, okay? Um, so having an understanding of that, and Sherry, I'll, I'll kind of pick on you for a moment. If you're new to the faith, it's okay that you don't have it. We're going to walk through it together. But well, under- I mean, I do have throughout life, but I, I started a Bible study once. Okay. I never. I had a big folder and all kinds of and a big Bible. I'm. I i do not know where it went. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the important thing is you know I didn't finish it and I haven't since then. Okay. Well, we're we're very much full gospel here. Okay. okay? And the Old Testament is something that we're going to refer to all the time. It's referred to here in the Hebrews in the Hebrew text, and we're going to go right into it as we move forward this group. okay? Okay. Also. Do you have a journal to record the goodness of the Lord? I'm going to kind of challenge you a little bit because it's very important that you do. If you haven't in the past, please do. Get a notebook that you set aside only for thoughts and meditations on the Lord. Bring it to the group if you choose to or if you just keep it in your prayer closet, wherever it is that you have one. But please make sure you journal as we go through this and as you go through the walk because you'll see as we go through Hebrews here that it's all linked together. And having a remembrance of what the Lord has done is crucial for us getting out of the funk that we're walking in right now. That remembrance is critically important. Okay? So, with that in mind, uh, verse 1. I'm just going to go through three of the verses during this time, and then we're going to get on into the sharing. Okay? Verse 1. Um And I'm also going to make this note over here. I'm not going to do it here myself, but if you have not read this book in the Passion Translation, many of you use the electronic version and you've got, you can change to different translations. I read Hebrews 1 earlier today in the Passion Translation. Blew my socks off. It was really, really good. You can have your favorite scripture, but it's not bad to you know read it in the Amplified or you know even paraphrases. I'm not opposed to it because I know the Lord speaks out of, to different people out of different translations. But read this out of the Passion translation if you have it. If you have access to it on your phones, it'll blow your mind. It's really, really good. Okay, verse one says, God who at various times and at various ways uh, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. We know in the Old Testament it was all, if God was speaking, he was speaking through a prophet. Okay, um, Amos 3.7 says, surely God doesn't do anything unless he reveals it to his prophets. During that period of time, and this is, this is immediately how the book starts, and it starts with God saying, let me take you back. Let me call upon your remembrance of times of old. God starts this book with, I want you to remember something. And he starts off by saying, used to be I'd only talk to you through prophets. Verse 2, he comes on and says, "Um, Hasn't these days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds? So he says, listen, guys. And these are... The original recipients of this letter were, again, Hebrews that had converted to Christianity. And he says, God used to talk to you through prophets, but then his son came and he began to speak through his son. This is not news for them. They're recalling now. He's calling on them to remember what has happened in their walk. Okay? God spoke through Jesus, and He still does it today in the Gospels and in the New Testament. And if you understand the Old Testament, you can see Him back there as well. The Word of God is critically important for us to have an understanding of who He is, who He was, and who He will always be, because He doesn't change. Okay, so He tells them, listen, God used to talk to us through the prophets, and now He's talking. You know, then he spoke through his son, and I want to tell you this. I have a couple of different verses over here. God is still speaking to us today. Does everybody believe that? That's kind of a doctrinal truth, but I also, I don't want to leave it at that, because some of you may or may not believe that, or you may not have experience in that, but God is still speaking to us today, and it's critically important for our walk to understand he didn't die when Jesus died on the cross. It wasn't over at that point in time. Even Jesus himself told us, nevertheless, on John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I'll send him to you. And he also said in John 14, 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance... All things that I said to you. Remember, there are a number of times in the, in the gospels that Jesus had said, I'm telling you this now so that when it happens, you'll remember that I told you. God still does that to me today. Yo, yeah. Right? Yes. He still says it today. He'll still tell us something. Merlin, a couple of weeks ago, had a, a word of knowledge when Ed Trout was over here. He told her that then. So that when it comes to pass, she'll remember that he already said it. Remembrance is critically important for our walk with the Lord. And Hebrews brings us down a remembrance so that we can hang on to what he said. Because what he said never changed. He says, am I I a, a man that I should lie or a son of man that I should change my mind? Do I speak and not act? God's very, very particular about His Word. He protects it, just like He protects His children. His Word is not going to come back void. <clears throat> In verse 3, this is the last verse I'm going to talk about, Jesus is the express image of the Father. This is understood as Christ reflecting the character of God, not the literal appearance of God. Um He says, who being in brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the Father. He is the express image of the Father. When we see Jesus, we see the Father. Um, He said in John 14, 9, Have I been with you so long, and have you not, not yet known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father is a perfect representation. I got some good news for you. He buried himself in you so that you can be too. Amen. God buried himself. The perfect image of God the Father in the person of Jesus Christ is buried deep inside of us so that others, when they talk, when we are sharing something with them, being led by the Spirit of God, they see him, not me. They see, if there's anything that I ever share with you that say, wow, he's really this and he's that, stop. Because if I said anything good, it's not me, it's him that's within me. Okay, we have to understand that. Jesus is the express image of the Father, and we have the capacity to hold the fullness of God within us. How much of him will you let get out today? It's, It's completely in your control. How much of him will you let come out of you today? It's your choice. The letter to the Hebrews starts off with these three things as a remembrance to the people that he was speaking to, that he was writing to. He was trying to call on them to remember the goodness of God. The rest of the chapter goes on and he talks about how Jesus is better than the angels, and we can certainly talk about that. But I want to. I want if I if I could do nothing else in this exhortation is to tell you that the book of Hebrews encourages us to remember. Without a remembrance, we're lost in our own thoughts. We're lost in our own walk. walk if we do not have a remembrance, um, and some of you have heard me talk about this before, but one of the most powerful verses for me. In the Old Testament is the first four verses in uh, Genesis chapter thirteen. Remember, in verse tw- in in chapter twelve, God told Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations. And then there was a drought in the land, and Abraham said, "I'm beating feet down to Egypt. I'm on my way. I got to get down down to Egypt for my own protection." Now we don't see anywhere in Scripture that God told him to go there. He may have. He may not have. I don't read between the lines when it comes to things like that. I just let the Lord do what he's going to do. But I know God said, you're going to be the father of many nations. There's a drought, and then he goes off into Egypt and says his, sister is, his wife is his sister and all the rest of the stuff. Well, through it all, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you know that God, even though he went there and he was telling these little white lies, God still blessed him. But in the first four verses of Genesis chapter 13, It says, Abraham came out of Egypt with all of his flocks and with his family, richly blessed. And and I'm actually going to turn to it because I don't want to paraphrase this. This is so so important. Go to Genesis chapter 13. And I I want you to understand, uh, starting the first verse, and we're just going to read a couple of verses here, okay? I'll wait until everybody gets there. Genesis chapter 13. We're going to be doing a lot of this, by the way. We're going to be jumping back and forth from Old Testament to New Testament, okay? Because the Hebrews does it, so why shouldn't we? But this thought of a remembrance is critically important, and I hope this is burned in in your spirit. Then Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all he had, and Lot with him to the south. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. When Abraham was enriched in Egypt and he knew it was time for him to go, he went back to the last place that he heard the Lord. He went back to the altar that he had built. The encouragement I want to give you is if you have not already done this, do you build altars when you meet with the Lord, when the Lord speaks to you? Do you journal it? Do you write it down? Do you have some place of remembrance that you can come to? The Lord has spoken over my wife and I a number of things over the years. Many of them have come to pass. Several of them have still not. But we can still go back to where he promised that it was going to happen. We still have those altars that are built because without those altars for us to go back and remember that the Lord had spoken to us then we have no hope. And it says in in the Proverbs that without hope the people are lost. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. God did not intend us to walk through this earth without hope. And that's why he meets with us, that we would build an altar here, in the journal, whatever it is, that we can go back to that place of remembrance. Oh, that's right. God did this for me. He did this. He spoke this to me. This is what happened, and this is, was, was the result of it, okay? So I want to encourage you. The book of Hebrews is a call to remembrance for the Hebrews and to us. Because any one of us at any time can fall into the abyss using my, my, my buddy Dave's expression. In our own mind, we fall into an abyss when we don't remember the goodness of God, okay? I want to read one thing to you, and this comes from, do you all know who Mario Murillo is? Mario Murillo is, a, is an evangelist, he's a, he's a wonderful guy. Actually, I owe my salvation to a message that he preached on TBN 22, 23 years ago. I gave my heart to the Lord as a result. I remember to this day what he was wearing. I call him a greasy sales guy because that's kind of what he looked like at the day. But he had a brown pinstripe, I remember it, like it was happening you know, five seconds ago. Brown pinstripe suit, and he kind of greased back hair and all the rest of it over there. But Mario Murillo has a, has a huge anointing. He has a blog, but he has an anointing for evangelism on his life. But this is what he said. And I want to use it as an encouragement. This is just two days uh, a couple of days ago, January 27th. And it, the, the blog was entitled to Remember the Majesty of God and Fight. And part of the blog, he says, The Bible tells us remember and warns of the dangers of forgetting. Psalm 103.2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 78.10, They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. Judges 2.10, When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. That is the reason... Oh, I don't have to, to read to that point over there. But God warns us over and over and over again about not forgetting what he said and what he's done. This book of Hebrews is an excellent gateway for us to get back. If we're discouraged, I always go to, whenever I get discouraged, I go to the Psalms. It's just an encouragement for me, because many of them were written by David, and David was a hot mess a lot of his life. Okay, He really was. He really was. But God said of David, who was the hot mess, he's the apple of my eye. There, are, there is none like David. Okay? I want the Lord to say that about me. There's none like Donald, except for Kim. But there's none. There's none like Donald. I want that to be said of me. But that only happens when I can remember the goodness of God in the land of the living. Not in the despair that we're walking through day to day. If I'm walking in in the office and people are just just nasty, just downright nasty. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, God, man, He spoke goodness over me. Man, He loves me. Okay, so with that, that's my encouragement. Um, Now I want to open it on up. I'm going to turn this off here.